welcome to the Ape Talks. As always, this is your host, Mr. Ape, and I hope you enjoy the 27th installment of me talking to myself. And I haven't done one of these in a while. I've been doing a lot with other people, but um, I don't know why today I just couldn't sleep. I was uh, watching this somewhat interesting movie called Breathless. It's like a South Korean movie that's very good. And to be honest, the South Koreans are really killing it right now. I think the movie's old, the one I'm watching, but it's really good. I don't know, it's just something about the editing. I never really appreciated uh, untraditional editing in movies before, as much as I have in this episode. I mean, uh, this movie. You know, a lot of movies try and edit scenes in different parts, and they show you this before they show you that, to create some sort of effect on you. But it never really appealed to me in, in very popular movies. But for some reason, this movie, it really worked. I, I like the way it, they just did it. And particularly in the end scene of it. Uh, it took me two days to watch this movie. Yesterday, I put it on at night after I was done with everything I usually do. Like walking my dog and all that stuff. Um, I, I found it to be like a cheesy, boring movie about a guy who beats people up. And then Breathless, this really good movie, Breathless, uh, took my breath away. <laughs> uh, just the editing at the end was really well done. They show you everyone happy together first, uh, you know, and then they show you the end of everyone crying, which was which was what happened before that they, everyone was happy. I don't want to spoil the movie for anyone, but it's just, they just did it really, really well. And it kind of got me thinking about a lot of things. Uh, one thing in particular, it kind of made me think about, and I've been sitting with myself for a couple hours today, just talking to myself like a crazy person. Because uh, maybe I haven't done one of these in a while, so I said, why not just come here and do one, you know, do an episode. And what it did kind of get me thinking about is how everything kind of is overrated in a way, Right. Eventually, we always get sick of it, no matter what it is, whether it's a person we love, whether it's a hobby or an art or a sport or a community where we are a part of. Eventually, what happens is we get sick of it, we get bored of it, we we see the flaws in it, you know, the honeymoon phase dissipates and eventually it's completely gone and even the taste of the Honeymoon phase is now completely out of your mind, and it's just another boring thing. It's just another thing. And the lucky ones of us, is what I realized, are the ones who die before we get to that phase. Whether it's in the art we do, whether it's in the person we love, or the thing we like to do, or whatever it is, our jobs, right? And it's kind of sad, but I really think this is true eventually, if you you know, could live forever, you'd get bored of everything if you could try everything. You know, every kind of club or group or whatever that looked really cool initially, the more you get to know it, the more you uh, begin to see the flaws in it, the more you begin to see how, you know, human it is. And I use the word human uh, to, to, to mean like, you know, how imperfect it is. There's going to be some flaws here. You know, this beautiful, let's say, uh, I don't know, sport club you're a part of 
might be amazing, but the more you get to know it, the more you get to see the people you had such high admiration towards, the more you get to see the weaknesses and the flaws and the problems with everything. And wow, you know, this is what it really looks like. Or whether it's a person you love, the more you get to know them, the more you get used to them, the more you're like, wow, you know? <laughs> Uh, and when this person gets sick or something happens to them, you, you begin to reflect on all the beautiful memories you have, the the nostalgic, you know, honeymoon phases you have, whether it's your family, whether it's someone you love, whether it's a really good friend, whatever. To me, the most consistent uh, relationships, uh, I would say, are friendships, uh, at least in my experience, the ones that last uh with a with a high level of honeymoon phase that just doesn't go away, like a consistent dose of pleasure and feeling goodness, I would say is friendship. That's why I like to do this, because I, I like to show people the, the kinds of friendships I do have, because uh, I don't have a lot of these friendships, uh, unless I live in certain places consistently in this world. But right now I'm living in a place where I have this consistently, and it's really beautiful, and I would like to share that with some people. Uh, because I, I really think there's something everyone can really appreciate from a, a decent friendship. Even the people who are outside of the friendship. Uh, just watching it operate is uh, it's comforting. comforting. It's, it's nice. There's nothing to worry about, really. There's nothing to... Uh, I don't know, with a good friendship, you, you don't really have to think too much, you know? But even a good friend, if I if I sit with him for for forty eight hours straight, on some crazy night out that ends up we're sitting together in the morning and then again we're go, going out again and doing these things and we're gonna get sick of each other you know that's only natural. Then you get get to have a break right from each other. Whether let's say you you're with someone you're dating right you're dating this person, it's different. You can't put that pause right. I don't know, I've been having this uh, thought from my dog recently, because uh, my dog is one of the few things I, I really like a lot in terms of a living being that I'm not getting sick of quite easily. As much as it, as much time as it takes from my life, I'm not exaggerating, but around six hours of my day goes to the dog, to walking her, to brushing her, to playing, um, what's that game you play, or you tug of war with her, you know? All these things take a lot of time, feeding her, training her. Um, it is exhausting sometimes, but I'm. Uh, it's I can do it with two switches, two two sides of myself. One is the frustrated self that's frustrated at the dog for not doing what I wanted to do at this moment, and the other one is the patient version of myself where I don't really care what happens. I'm you know I'm gonna enjoy this walk at three in the morning. Because why not? You know, I'm, I'm going to do it anyway. So I might as well not care too much about the result and just do the walk or this particular complicated training method or, you know. And that's what's so cool about friendships is because uh, when you're in a relationship with someone, it's always, it's weighted, it's heavy. It, it means something. It's serious. It's not like a friendship. Even though a really good friendship still might mean something, it always feels like it's, uh, you don't need to put, effort into it that's what makes a good friendship feel like a good friendship in my opinion so um yeah it's just something i noticed because 
when, with someone you love, you really need to put in a lot of uh, effort, you know. And maybe not with family. Family, it feels like a, a friendship that you f- you have to love, you know, <laughs> or something like that. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going here. It's just this movie, uh, really well done, left me in a state of reflection. And um, I, I haven't done one of these uh, therapy sessions in a while. It's a lot, It's basically therapy, I think. It's a lot like therapy, just with microphones and cameras. So uh, the therapist can research and uh, observe uh, his findings later on or some shit. But it is somewhat satisfying when I do this. I I do feel a sense of uh, relief after I press stop on the microphone and take a deep breath. But yeah, I think it just... It all really, uh, everything I, I think at this moment is always changing, you know? It always depends on my state of mind, what influenced me today or yesterday or whatever, right? Like today, let's say I'm talking about relationship, friendship, uh, general, uh, the, the emptiness of everything, of how everything gets stale eventually. But something I, I, you know, I, I would have talked about if I was here a couple hours ago is how frustrated I have become with uh, complete strangers coming up to me because I've been spending around maybe four or five hours of my day walking up and down the streets here, walking my dog because she finally finished her vaccine, so I'm training her to go outside. And I've been meeting a lot of interesting people, observing a lot of interesting things, and whether it's the guy who sleeps in his car, who sits and is awake all night staring at me while I walk my dog, and, you know, I casually react to him in a calm way to show him, you know, I notice you, but I'm not afraid of you, even though he looks a bit fishy, or whether it's the crazy guy who comes up to me, uh, who's bored and just wants to talk to someone and starts ranting off his conspiracy theories to me, and I politely nod to him. Or whether it's the the fat guy who walks by me and tells me my dog is underweight, when I what I want to tell him is you should look at your own weight, my friend. But you know, I just politely say thank you for your observation, sir. Uh, I will really appreciate it. You know, it's just. Uh, A lot of people uh, think they're experts when it comes to raising a dog, and they probably have never even had a dog. I was really bothered about this. I called a friend about this today. I called Ahmed, and I was complaining to Ahmed, oh, I'm so sick of these people, you know, coming up to me, uh, you know, (laughs) giving me their opinions about how I should raise my dog or, you know. And he told me, you know what, you shouldn't give it too much weight. It's just a stranger, right? But then I realized, hey... most of the people who are listening to this is, are strangers anyway, so it's weird. It's very weird because there's this there's a certain dilemma uh, people face when they come when it comes to sharing yourself or your thoughts or your ideas or whatever online to the internet to strangers, right? There's a certain dilemma. Uh, some people uh, choose to tell you and go with this strain of thought where. Anything that is negative, you just ignore it, and anything that is positive, you you appreciate it. Not because you don't appreciate the criticism, but because you appreciate your own mental well-being, and you don't want to dilute your energy with the negativity, because that's what you will focus on, generally speaking, right? I could have a hundred people walk up to me and say, what a cute dog, 
it's just the one guy who gave me some advice about raising my dog. I don't, I can't stand, right? It's probably the same thing with creating content, right? One positive comment, I mean, 99 positive comments, uh, one negative comment will ruin it all for someone. So that's one train of thought. Another train of thought is to absorb everything and go into everything and just accept it all and consume it all. And um, I see this perspective. Yeah, this guy just probably is bored. This this guy probably got bored watching it. This this person just doesn't enjoy this content. This person has some interesting uh, feedback that I should really consider. You know, the lighting isn't really good in the video of this or whatever, you know. you That's another train of thought. And then you can do the third one where you balance. You do a bit of both, you know. There are going to be certain comments or certain suggestions or certain feedback you get from other human beings in your life that you just put aside completely because it's completely irrelevant to you. Some you consider and others you appreciate, you know, and that's the balance we have to find because uh, we are a communication-based species, right? As much as this is called the ape talks, you know, uh, I don't know if we're still apes anymore. We're We're still apes to a certain degree, but... Mm, we're a lot more different now. We're we're a lot more. Small things matter a lot now. The small little things that didn't really matter because we have so much. No one's uh, not nothing too crazy is happening these days. As much as some people may argue with this is crazy, whatever. Still somewhat uh, normal life. We go to the grocery store. We get our food. We come home. We eat. And we sleep, and we go walk our dogs, or we do our exercises, and we come back, and we go to work, and, you know, it's still basically somewhat stable lives we all have, you know? And I think that makes us focus on all this minuscule, tiny stuff a lot more. And, um, you know, it's interesting, because uh, when I used to live in Switzerland, small things used to bother me a lot more. And now small things bother me less, but still a little bit. And when I lived in Thailand, small things did not bother me at all, which is really interesting. You know, <laughs> I don't know. It's it's a, it's sometimes a headache when I do this because I, I one of the mo most annoying things about this is I'm always thinking about how this is gonna sound afterwards, right? If I don't uh, provide the most interesting things I can say at this moment. It's not going to be amazing. But if I take a second to think, I'm going to create dead space. So that's kind of inconvenient. So in this situation, what I want, what would like to apply something we just talked about is the whole relaxing with the friend. You know, with the friend, you don't need to fill the dead space. You just can sit in silence or... Even better, you don't care about any of this shit anyway, because you, it's just a friend. It's not. It's not a girlfriend. It's not someone you're trying to press. It's. It's not uh, a boss. It's just a friend who you just sit and just. Yeah, you know this happened to me. Yeah. They, what What happened? Did you see that movie? Yeah, I saw that movie. So it's like trying to talk to in that mode of in that mental mode, but to yourself, is how I describe what I'm doing right now. You know. <laughs> I don't know, it's, uh, it's interesting, it's interesting to say the least, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see how the lighting works, I'm very curious to see how everything works. I can make the lighting stronger, but I want to keep it a little bit dark, you know, because I'm a, I'm a dark person. <laughs> you see, I, I like all the white and black, 
all the white and black contrast. I think I like that whole balance. It just, everything seems much more cleaner, you know? When you have small hints of neon and just white and black, this is how I envisioned it, which is crazy because I would say like nine months ago, I was sitting on a bed somewhere in this world, looking at a ceiling and like, oh, I really want to build a studio. And uh, look where I am today, you know? After many months of hard work. You know, today I almost cried. Uh, today we put the last screw in the ceiling of the studio. And uh, it was crazy. Uh, me and my Najjar, my carpenter, I, I gave him a big hug. And we were exhausted because it was the ceiling. We were sticking foam onto the ceiling, which was very difficult. And it was very heavy and I was very tired helping him push it up, you know, and hold it in place while he screwed it into the ceiling. And when he put that last screw in, I just, I fell to my knees from exhaustion, from just carrying five one meter squared panels on the ceiling. And I gave him a hug and I told him, I can't believe we're finally done. This thing took months. But yeah. And it's like finishing a really good movie, you know. I'm probably not going to see that guy in a while. I'm going to take him scuba diving. He's, he's going to take me fishing and stuff. But, you know, scuba diving is closed right now because of the global situation. And in, in the meantime, I'm just chilling at home. Uh, I have some episodes that I, I have scheduled with some people and that are going to come out after this. But I don't know. The dog is a really interesting animal. Probably what's very fascinating about the dog <laughs> is uh, my dog. It took a while for her to get used to shitting and pissing outside the house. Uh, it drove me crazy because she would just spend hours just smelling everyone's urine, all the other dogs' urine and feces on the street. She memorized everyone's smells, and I'm sure she had a little profile in her head of everyone that walked by her and this whole image of them. But yet, she she just wouldn't do it. You know, it took it took many, many hours of patience putting her back into the crate, taking her out of the crate, taking her to the same place, and then doesn't want to go yet. Okay, we walk for a couple hours, go back to the same place, finally something happens. But it's crazy how much, you know, it's like a Facebook profile to us is the smell of, is the smell of piss of this dog to the dog. You know, to my dog, she must be thinking, like, I really want to meet the dog that pissed on Hamra Street and Bliss Street. Just, I just want to ask her what made her piss there and there on the same day, you know? It's like the whole profile is just where you pissed and where you shat. And that tells the dog so much information, which is insane, you know? Dogs have dreams, too. They have they get enter REM states of sleep, so they're dreaming about meeting this person who shat there and that person who's that dog that shat there and that dog that pissed there and and what it's going to be like to... I don't know, it's... It's crazy, you know, they're living in their own little dimension. And they're used to what, seeing all these weird mechanical boxes drive by on the street with wheels on them. And that go really fast. And I don't know, man, a dog's life must be so confusing in this state. Or now it must be desensitized, my dog. But, like, imagine being born as a dog into this human world, you know. Luckily, you're an animal that we don't eat, that we raise, at least in this part of the world. 
Maybe if you're born in another part of the world, we might eat you. Or if you're another species, we'll eat you anyway. You know, let's say you're a chicken or a cow. We'll put you in this giant uh, concentration camp where we slowly torture you and milk you for every drop of milk you have and feed you so much food and not allow you to move. And then we execute you quickly, painlessly, of course, because we're gentlemen. And then we cut you up into little pieces and ship you around the world where people like me eat you. You know, that's... That's that's the dilemma of being an animal right now. And there's this really good anime that puts human beings in this perspective called The Promised Neverland, where uh, it's basically, I don't want to ruin too much of it, but it's basically a, 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 like a foster home. This is, this is all going to come out in the first episode anyway, if you see it. But it's basically like a, a foster home for kids uh, that are being raised but these kids are actually it's like a farm for human beings and these kids get harvested at the age of 12 by these monsters that have taken over the world and there are these humans that work in the foster home that help uh, raise these children to feed to these animals you know it's like having a cow uh, trick a, b- a bunch of other cows and the cow is tricking them knowing that those cows are going to get eaten by these big monsters called humans I don't know about you that's that's pretty scary to me like, that's a very terrifying concept when you put it in this perspective. You know, like, the amount of shit that the animals we eat go through. Pretty terrifying. Hey, I'm not saying I don't eat meat. I eat meat. I eat a lot of meat. I'm not trying to sound like someone who, you know, who, who's who's all on a high horse or anything like that. I'm just trying to highlight the irony in it. Which is kind of, I don't know, confusing, really. It's very confusing. That we don't uh, don't seem to register that, most of us, right? Not really. We don't really seem to care about that. Most of us seem to com- be concerned about the small things that other humans do. Remember, it's all about the small things. Uh, oh, this person said this little thing. He should have said it like this. We're all very upset at this person this month. That person said this little thing. He should have said it like that. We're all very upset at that person this month. You know... When we're not really concerned too much about the important shit, right? I don't know. It feels like uh, a lot of us give a fuck about meaningless things more than we give a fuck about the meaningful things. Because I guess the reasoning would be is we don't live in a cow factory, for example, right? There's not a cow factory. Most human beings don't live inside a cow factory or right next to one where they... You know, I, I lived near a butcher house, like a little, little small, like a place where you put an airplane, but they had cows in there when I was in camp, when I used to live in Cambodia, and they used to kill cows every morning. I could smell the, the smell of blood every day. Uh, it was right next to my house, and then there's this, like, workshop next to the other side of my house. And, uh, yeah, because we don't live, most of us, you know, that's not our perspective, that's not our reality anymore. So it's not anything to really think about. What's in our perspective is Janice at the office nagging about how we misprinted the paper at the photocopy machine and there's not enough ink and we should have changed the ink before we printed it because now it's uh, there's certain things that are cut off from the ink because the ink run out. That's what's in our perspective, that small stuff, right? Because, hey, that's, what's, that's what, what's in our perspective. That's what we're consuming. That's what we're reacting to, right? And a bunch of uh, weird videos of people cutting up things very quickly on on uh, social media. You know, shit like that. Random, random, random shit that uh, these algorithms seem to f- uh, 
suspect might be very effective. And they are. I don't know why. I'm just so impressed at watching these random things that are so stupid and pointless. Shit you would see on, like, the street people do. And, like, a stall. But, like, for some reason, it's so fascinating to watch on a phone. You know? It's that convenience, which is pretty cool, I guess. Uh, pretty meaningless at the same time. It's, I mean, it's all meaningless, you know? It's meaningless if I have any hate or vengeance to anyone in particular, because eventually we're all going to die anyway, so what's the point of me holding this vengeance? It's also meaningless for me to be nice to anyone, uh, because the same thing, right? We're all going to die anyway, why not just do what you want in life? Or you can just be be um, nice to everyone anyway, because why not? And you, it becomes very, uh, there's no real clear direction in terms of behavior, there's no real uh, concise manner that... Uh, it's not like every human being is born with the... This is the best way we can live. This is what you need to do. This is what you need to do. And this is what you need to do. You know, it's very iffy. Every parent, from their own experience with the other parent, if you're lucky to have even one parent, comes up to you and tells you, this is our values. This is what we believe you should do. We're going to take you to school. We're going to educate you and, you know, we'll get you a job or we're going to raise you in this farm and you want to teach you how to take care of all these animals so you can kill them all and and feed them to other people and kill all these plants and raise them with the sun and the water. And then that's going to be your thing. Or we're going to live in the jungle and we're going to go hunting and we're going to eat baboons. And then, we'll, you know what I mean? It, it really, uh, it depends on the parents you, you get. Those are your, like, guides, right? Up to a certain age at least. And it really depends on the culture, right? In some cultures, so a lot more than that certain age. <laughs> and it's pretty funny, right? Maybe one day uh, we'll all have like these books that we're born with. This is book Alpha Omega 66738F6 for human being design, uh, number code number uh, 9483216D for, for whatever. This is the exact book you need to live your life created by this computer, right? This is this is your values. This is everything has been calculated. Here we go. Go follow it if you want pure happiness and satisfaction out of life. <laughs> you know, this is the dog you need to get at this age. This is the school you go to. This is the job you have. This is this is where you live. This is the country. This is the girl you date. This is the person you marry. This is <laughs> you know, some some crazy shit like that. So in a way, I don't know if that would be good either, because then it's just, eh. you know, I'm sure it'll be convenient, but then it'll feel meaningless. You know, then we'll be nostalgic about this time where you could sit and not know what, what you know, that mystery. You know, Lost in Translation is another really good movie, uh, an American movie uh, based in Japan about these two characters, right? This one girl, who, her husband is a photographer, and She's in Japan because her husband has some work there. This other guy who's like a famous actor, who who was a very famous actor as well in real life, and he's he's been he's come to Japan to do some commercials and go back to America. And these two people, they just happen to meet. The girl doesn't feel really satisfied in life. She's married to the photographer, but she doesn't really know where she's headed. The guy feels kind of exhausted from his life. He's married to his wife back home, you know, but he, he just feels like it's all meaningless and they have like this existential crisis together in Japan. It's a very beautiful movie and I, I really saw a really interesting analysis of it on YouTube. Really well done one. And it, it really 
made me think a lot about just the dynamic of of relationships and the dynamic of meaninglessness and because <laughs> even those two people as much as like because the movie makes you want want them to be together but then it shows you that no life everyone has to go back to their you know everyone has to go home in the end of the day just like a friendship right eventually uh, I, i'm gonna say goodbye to my friend, tell him goodnight, he's gonna get in his car and drive away, or I'm gonna go on my bike and drive away, or whatever. And, you know, in the movie, <clears throat> it's kind of sad, you see that happen, and you see them say goodbye to each other, and they leave, and, but, like, if that movie went on for a couple more hours of them together, you'd be like, finally, finally, ooh, that took long enough, you know. I want that guy to go lay down and sleep in his bed. I want that girl to go lay down, put a movie on and sleep in her bed and just both of them get some relaxation and rest from each other, you know? Because it's funny. There's this balance, right? This white and black, this contrast. Uh, Too much socialism, you get desensitized and sick of people. Not enough of it. You kind of get hungry for it. (laughs) And mm, it's hard to find the perfect balance, right? Like, um, when I used to live in Switzerland, I was so shocked how dry everyone is on the street. You can't smile at anyone. You know, people are very grim. It's the grimmest place in Europe, whereas in Germany, people are very friendly. Compared to Switzerland, people are very friendly. Spain, amazing, you know? Uh, everyone, But generally in Europe, people mind their own business, and everyone just, you know, here, c- kind of moves on with their life. In Lebanon, everybody is very in your business. Hey, what are you doing over there? Hey, you know you should do it like that. This a complete stranger will come up. To, do you know how to get to this place? Shit that would never happen in Europe unless it's a tourist, you know? Uh, so it's, it's interesting. And I, I enjoyed that initially. And now I'm getting sick of it, which is sad. But my favorite place, my favorite people in the world are, are the Thai people. The Thai people have the perfect balance because uh, what's really cool about them is there no one really judges you. That's why there are so many lady boys in Thailand because no one really cares about anyone else. No one's gonna come up to you and tell you how to raise your dog. I know, I'm sorry, I keep nagging about this shit, but it was really bothering me today. And um, yeah, no one really cares about what you choose to do with your life or your decisions you take about your life. No one really is gonna judge you that much. Uh, And the ones who stay there long enough don't really judge each other. Now, they judge you in Asian ways, you know, like small things, but it doesn't, I don't know why, it just doesn't matter to you there, you know? No one really cares that much, and at the same time, it's still very friendly. It's still friendly enough where, unlike Europe, you can meet, go to a bar and meet a bunch of strangers and be friends with everyone by the end of the night and have a couple good friends after a week from, those, from that uh, encounter, you know? That's what's so cool. But you don't have, like, the people who come up to you and nag you and, like, uh, pretend to be experts there. Everyone is actually humble. And uh, even you can have an expert walk by you, he won't even mention a word about his expertise. You know, here in Lebanon, people who don't know shit about something will come and tell you a whole story about it. You know? (laughs) So, uh, I don't know. There's a a certain balance. But it's still better than, uh, I'll say, way better than Europe at least. You know, hey, I can't complain. I'm pretty happy. Dog is, uh, I don't know, man. A dog is such a, such an interesting thing. Because sometimes I'll be so sick of just 
all the energy she takes away, let's say I had a really busy day where I couldn't, uh, like whiskey on top of everything I had to do was a lot. Like the day, for example, I only got three hours of sleep and I must have spent six hours with the dog and a couple hours in with the construction guy today, you know, finishing up this room. And, uh, and then, uh, you know, I, I have this dog that I have to take care of and then I'm sitting with the dog when she's in my lap there's just something so relaxing about just playing with her fur it's so soothing and comfortable and I give her a hug and I put my my nose against her head and I just smell smell her head you know how they say babies have a nice smell well the wet wipes I use to clean her after the walks we take have a nice smell so whiskey smells like a like a, a baby because I use the same wet wipes my mom used to use on me as a baby, so she smells like a baby when I when I have her in my lap, and uh, it's, it's a very cute thing. It's a very very adorable thing to have a dog like this and to smell her head and to hold her and to cuddle her, and truly um, really, she's she's the happiest in her life when she's sitting on my lap, and it really makes me feel special. That this, this being does not get sick of me. Wow, There's, there is such a creature that does not get sick of something, which is fascinating. Look, the dog will get sick of a toy, will get sick of other people, but not with me. You know, that's... Uh, or maybe that's just my personal bias and delusion. Maybe the dog is getting sick of me. But because I, I balance the way I see her, Maybe if I sat with her for 24 hours straight, which I haven't done, haven't left her side, she'd be pretty sick of me. Maybe. I think that would be an interesting experiment. I should try with my doc to see what would be the result. Because it's just fascinating that there's something that does not get, get sick of something else. <laughs> you know, something living that does not get, of, get sick of something else that's living. I just, I'm fascinated that that is even possible. Right? Isn't that isn't that interesting? I think it's interesting. My I really wanted to get something to drink, but I forgot to. You know, I only have like fifteen minutes of talking anyway. I'll pr I'll probably survive. But um, so I have these white uh, couches here for the setup of the studio, right? And because they're they're white, and I'm really you know this room took forever to make, and I want to make everything last as long as possible. Um, I'm kind of, I usually like to drink a lot of tea, just tea with mint, you know, Lipton tea with mint. I'm not something, I'm not fancy to buy a fancier brand. So, um, you know, that's what I was thinking about putting into this, this little teapot here and into these cups. But then I realized something, these cups uh, are really small. And so is this thing. This thing can maybe carry two and a half cups, three cups, four cups, but then it's overflowing and I don't want there to be, you know liquid all over the table so what I realized would be the best thing because tea also can stain these white couches these white pillows whatever the fuck you call these white things so I invented this weird uh, liquid it's like a water like a fancy water you would have at like a, a fancy place like at a marketing agency or something but it's way 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 better and unique there's like six different herbs in it, and a fruit, and mint. 
I'm saying mint because a friend guessed that ingredient. I don't even know that six uh, the names of the six other ingredients. There's some old spices that my mom and my grandma use, and they have these weird Arabic names that I don't even remember what they are. But my mom recently bought a lot of um, uh, spices and herbs and shit, and I just put a couple in there, and wow, because it it's not like tea where you can just chug it, right? It's a bit bitter, but it's a bit it makes it it's delicious. It makes your mouth watery. Just by a little bit of sip, it induces saliva-inducing um, chemicals in your mouth. So it, it rehydrates your throat when you're talking. It just takes a little sip, which is perfect because I have small cups. So it's just a little sip. You put the cup back down, and then mm, saliva is being produced. So, you know, this will last for 50 minutes. Like, let's say I have friends like Ahmed who drinks a lot of liquids, or Brahim drinks like 8 liters of water a day. This is not going to do very much to him, for him, you know, sitting for 50 minutes. It's, gonna, it's not going to be enough. But with this liquid, which is going to solve all my problems, because I want to use these cups, because, you know, I really like these set. Uh, I've been holding on to this tea set for a long time, I don't know, specifically for this whole setup I got it, you know. So I can't wait to, uh, to let people taste my secret recipe, but there's a couple herbs in it that I don't know their names. Very bitter, but very delicious and a little bit sweet because I put a, I put a, like a slice of a fruit in there. The teacup looks amazing from the inside. All these herbs just in water, and the liquid is white, so it can't really stain it. I guess the sugar from the from the uh, from the fruit in the water might stain the couch. But uh, you know what? I had to make a decision recently. This tape, everything is gonna get scratched, right? This is all gonna get scratched, and the t the these cushions are probably going to get yellow, brown, gray, whatever, stained with time. Eventually, it's inevitable. And I think I just have to accept that, right? Like, there are some things I like to keep pristine, clean, nice, and new. But uh, there are other things I can't, like my shoes, you know? All of my shoes eventually get scuffed up, worn, torn, or ripped. Especially if I ride a motorcycle with that pair of shoes, they're, they're not going to last very long. But there are certain things I like to keep perfect. Like my body, I like to to make it to keep it as in, in as good shape as I possibly can according to my circumstances. My dog, I like to keep her clean as I can as according to my circumstances. Um, you know, certain things I like to keep in good condition. But this thing, there are going to be variables that are out of my hand, like the guest. I have no control over the guest breaking something, like a cup. Or spilling tea, you know, I that's just something I must accept. And I'm preemptively preparing for it psychologically. So when it happens, I'm like, eh, I prepared for it. What what can I do really now? Fuck it, it's just gonna, that stain on that couch will be a story. Oh, you know, I don't know, somebody did that. You know, guest number 636 did that or whatever. You know, and that's a cool little stain. That's part of the identity. Unless... I can be fucked to actually unzip all these things and wash them, and then I'll be good as new. Yeah, but the table is definitely going to have some scratches, which I think might look cool. You know, it'll look more uh, authentic, you know. When you see a shark or a fish or something with a bunch of cuts all over it on TV, I've never seen a shark in real life, scuba diving. But, like, when you see them, uh, you see all these big cuts on them and shit, 
the scientists can tell those sharks apart by the cuts on them on them which is really fascinating right that means like uh if you want to look at it as a metaphor for us you can almost categorize each each character each person by the scars they hold on their bodies and in their minds right Oh, I recognize this person. It can be a complete stranger, but I recognize the traits of this kind of scar on this person. He must be like this. And you can start making all these connections, which is very fascinating. Or you could just be like, oh, I know that guy has a scar on his face. The guy with the scar on his left eye, yeah, 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 I know him. So, you know, you could use it both ways. You don't have to be all metaphoric and all that shit. But hey, why not? Why not explore both both sides of the street? You know, I uh, you know the main reason I got whiskey was uh, yes I always did want a German Shepherd but um I, there's just sometimes you need a bit of defense you know so I wanted to get a German Shepherd something scary something just to incentivize people who want to rob me to reconsider that choice or you know people who want to do harm on me or whatever they see a German Shepherd it's like oh okay yeah never mind because. According to robbers, the number one thing that decentifies them to rob a house is the house that has a dog or whatever, you know, because, you know, poverty is increasing in this country a lot and shit is becoming quite scary. So I, I don't I don't like guns from my time in the military. I really am like an anti-gun guy, even though I don't I do understand in certain places you, why you might want a gun. It makes sense, but I find them to be heavy, annoying and dangerous and you know whereas a dog is your friend and a dog doesn't even need to be like trained for defense just if you get a, like a big dog it's good enough to desensitize anyone fucking with you most of the time right which is great you know like um as i was saying in the beginning of this i i see a lot of sketchy people at night sometimes i see a sketchy group of people walking by because I have this dog that has this mouth guard and all this black shit on her, this black vest, and she looks kind of like, wow, you know, something something, something looks off about them, something special, something heavy, something scary. They cross the street to avoid my dog, you know, which is nice. It's very nice. It's very, um, whiskey's kind of doing her job, but at the same time, if if only whiskey would just bark at every everybody who came and pestered me about how to raise her she's I, I don't like how friendly she is with strangers you know like i always get this random girl come up to me and oh my god can you please hold her still i'm trying to take a photo of your dog stop moving sir i'm trying to take who are you to take a photo of me or my dog you know leave me alone or i'll get the girl who'll come up to me oh my god she's so cute what's her name how old she and start playing with my dog I'm like uh, i I don't really care, but it's just annoying that people think just because just you have a dog, they can come up to you and start touching it. You know, imagine you had a child and that you were walking with and everyone came up to your child and said, oh my God, what's his name? It's complete strangers all day long. It would kind of get annoying, but it's a dog, it's different. It's an animal. We don't look at it like that. We're a special being. That's another, every, every other being is different. We're special, right? We have different rules for us and we have other rules for other beings, Right human rights and then there are animal rights but you know it, it's very different right the human rights and the animal rights there's a lot of distinctions <laughs> right 
and the, the animal rights aren't always very f- followed very well, right? And so are the human rights. They're also not very fo- followed very well, generally speaking, around the world. A lot better than they were followed a long time ago, but it's just weird. It's just very bizarre how mm, different we like to separate these things. When there really isn't that much difference. It's an animal that dreams, eats shits, has sex and everything. And, it's, you know, it's, we're the same, really. I don't know. And I, I really thought I, I had something really meaningful to say today. Something strong. I always do. I always feel like, ooh, this is, you know, uh, you know, this is something worth turning on the microphones for. Because it's just me. <laughs> But, I don't know, maybe this is not, because like I said in the beginning of this episode, I'm always sitting here analyzing the small shit that doesn't really matter, right? I'm sure someone might enjoy this and someone might not enjoy this, but uh, this thought doesn't matter to me, it shouldn't matter. You know, it's it's stupid for anyone, let's say I really like, for example, eating pasta, I like to treat myself to pasta once a month. Not a big fan, but let's just say as an example. And then one person tells me, oh, you like pasta? Well, we don't really like pasta. Sorry, you can't be. Another person, I mean, another group of people, they tell me the same thing. A fourth person, a fifth, a sixth, and oh, you eat pasta? What a weird thing to do every month. Or Eventually, I decide to stop eating pasta, right? That's fucking sad. That's very sad. When you give people the power to influence you, things that aren't, that shouldn't be influenced, that are part of you and part of your preferences, because of, you want to be accepted, you are changing your behavior to be. That's sad, you know. There's no excuse for that. I think those are one of the biggest mistakes we can do to ourselves. Um, it's a very big disservice you create by doing that. To be honest, it's very sad. But you know what? It happens. And, um, I don't know, I'm just trying to be weary of that as much as I can. So whenever I notice myself going down these patterns of, oh, I'm being concerned with things that I shouldn't be concerned with, I just like to notice it and register it, you know? Just like how recently I've, I've kind of, I'm, tar- I'm starting to turn into somewhat of an asshole because of uh, the strangers coming up to me. It's really getting to me. Like all these people I don't know coming up to me to touch my dog. That I have to disinfect anyway. It's, just, it's exhausting. Like I know 10 people touched my dog. Like I really have to clean whiskey well now. Ugh, you know. And it's just exhausting because. You know. I want to be a nice person. You know I want to be. Oh yeah thanks. for that. Yeah, I, I want to socialize whiskey. But at the same time I don't want whiskey to be too friendly with strangers. I want I don't want a, a, a murderer to walk into my house and whiskey to go play with the murderer. You know what I mean? I want whiskey to bark at the fucking murderer, maybe take a chunk of meat out of the guy. But hey, that's just my preference. And at the same time I I really I'm I'm starting to get I'm starting to turn into an asshole because I'm starting to get the same questions asked to me by people, you know, over and over again about my dog. People will come up to me and say, like, oh, my God, isn't she too thin? When, for her size, she's a healthy... You know, like, I have to go in and ex- I explain. I could just ignore them with my ear, pretend to ha- that I'm listening to something. 
I just throw my earpods in there just to look like I'm listening to something and ignore them just to be polite. Because without my earpods and I ignore people, well, I just feel like too much of an asshole. Or I can begin to, you know, do what I did today. I had these two young 16-year-old girls come up to me today. And they're like, excuse me? She doesn't look very comfortable wearing this thing around her face. Uh, Are you sure you checked with your doctor that she should be wearing this, sir? I told her, listen, this is so she doesn't eat trash. Uh, would you prefer if I removed it and and let her eat the glass right now that's all over the street from the explosion? Just so uh, I could go ask my doctor and get a certificate for you to certify. You know, I, I didn't answer like that, but I was very dry with her. I was, I was very, very rude in terms of the way I usually am compared to the... I may have been normal to some people if they just saw me talking to this girl, but I was very rude compared to how I usually am with strangers. And I am not this way normally. And I began to notice that I'm beginning to be affected. You know, it's starting to take effect on me. I'm starting to become somewhat of an asshole. But it's not a big problem as long as I notice it now. Register it. Work on it slowly and notice it the more times I do it. I'll, I'll be self-conscious of it, of changing, uh, of preventing myself of changing into an asshole. You know what I mean? Sometimes we just need to, mm, oh, there we go. Yeah, don't do that. Uh, you did that. Not a big deal, we did it. Let's just be wary of it for next time, yeah. Next time we're in a situation similar to it, be wary of it. You know, that's all I'm saying today. And um, I really don't know how to tie this episode. This has just been me ran- rambling about a bunch of random shit that doesn't fit together. So, you know, I'm trying to find a nice way to tie this shit together. But maybe in the end of the day, in the end of the day sometimes things just can't be tied together. Sometimes you just get sick of everything. With it, with it and without it, uh, together and separate. And I think it's time to separate and cut uh, the recording because I'm starting to run out of shit to say here. I need to go drink th- something too. My throat, my throat is very dry. So with that being said, Mr. Rape, signing off. <laughs>